Who am I? Do you know who I am? Do you? Really? Have you heard of me? I think you have. Someone told you who I am. Someone did their best to put me into words. Ah, uh, but tonight, I would like to speak for myself. First, I think it would help if I told you who I am not. I am not just a symbol. I am not just a sign. I am not just the movement of any man's design. I am not just the absence of war and of strife. I am not just an ideal that never came to life. I am not just the thought. I am not just emotion. I am not just the lack of storms out on the ocean. I am not of this world. I am not of this place. I cannot be found apart from grace. So, do you know me? I know you've been looking for me. And I know you need me. And you know you need me. Let me tell you what you've been looking for, that thing that has been missing. I am so much more than you could ever bargain for. Though my coming has and will bring division, I came and I brought with me God's greatest provision. See, I was sent to this earth so you could be free. And because I came, you can live in unity. And though I am capable of calming your fiercest storms, you should know at times I would just wrap you in my arms. I bring with me contentment like nothing you'll ever know. I bring with me joy that continues to flow. I came. I am coming. I am peace. Seven hundred years before the birth of Christ, the nation of Israel, they were going through a very difficult time. They had bad leaders. They needed direction. They needed hope. And Isaiah shows up on the scene, and in the middle of telling them if they don't shape up, bad things are going to happen, he gives this prophecy that's recorded in Isaiah chapter 9. And this prophecy is about a child that's going to be born. And in verse 6, Isaiah says, And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, these people needed a lot of what we need. They needed guidance. They needed advice. And when things got difficult, these people needed strength. And they needed consistency that comes from a father. And what we're going to talk about tonight is how they needed and we need peace. Does anybody in here need peace? If I said show of hands, who needs some peace? Anybody? All right. Now, tell the truth. Who went shopping today? I want to know the truth. Okay, now you're in church. 
And I know more of you did. I saw some people from our church shopping. And not all of you know that I saw you because I went shopping today. And when I looked around and I saw people shopping and I was, I was at this one store supposed to get something for my mom, you know, a lot of thought into that gift, you know. And so, so I'm supposed to get something for my mom and, and my brother, my sister and I are all going in thirds on this thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm there and I'm like, the long, line's just too long. She can wait till Sunday. I mean, come on, you know, it's. Well, I told Cinda, I said, we'll print out a picture, we'll give her the picture, and then we'll get to her house, we'll go on Sunday and get it. And my wife's like, are you saying that? But I looked at all those people waiting in that line that just went like this, and I did not see peaceful people. And I thought about, well, that's funny, because tonight I'm going to be talking to a whole bunch of people about peace. And I'm looking at people who are supposed to be celebrating this holiday that revolves around the birth of this child that was talked about 2,700 years ago, and they're supposed to have peace and joy, and they're standing in line and these nasty looks on their faces, and they don't look happy at all. And I walked out, and I didn't stand in line either because I wouldn't have looked happy doing that, and I walked out and I, I thought, I thought, I wonder if any of those people are followers of Christ. Because if someone follows Christ and he's the prince of peace and there's no peace in their life, then what's the deal? If Jesus was supposed to usher in this time of peace and he's supposed to be the prince of peace and I look out and I don't see a lot of peace, did Jesus fail? You read the, read the story of when Jesus came to earth And the story of a teenager who found out she was pregnant and almost got kicked out of town and her her fiancé almost ditched her completely. And then she's nine months pregnant and her fiancé says, hey, I got an idea. You get on this donkey and let's ride over to the next town so they can count us. I mean, think of that, ladies. Nine months pregnant, jump up on a donkey, let's go. That does not sound peaceful. Nothing about that. And then, after Jesus was born, this evil King Herod wanted to kill all the little boys because he knew Jesus was coming and he didn't want him to threaten his throne. So he said, I tell you what, go out and kill all the little male babies. That'll take care of it. That doesn't sound like peace. So did Jesus succeed or did he fail at being the Prince of Peace. Because if he is the Prince of Peace, then why is there not peace everywhere? Why, why don't we just look around and see peace, 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 peace? The two words used in the book of Isaiah to describe this Prince of Peace who's coming. See, we think peace and we think, well, Prince of Peace means he's going to bring happiness, all happiness into my life. And the world's just going to be, you know, daisies and lollipops. And it's all going to be great. And, and it's just going to be wonderful. And that must be what it means. There's two words that are put together to form that, the, the words, the three words, Prince of Peace. And the two Hebrew words are Sar and Shalom. So Jesus is going to be there, Sar, Shalom. The word Sar simply means the one in charge, Lord chief or general. So this baby that's coming, he's going to be a Tsar. He's going to be in charge. He's going to be a general. He's going to be a Lord. And then Shalom. 
Shalom, even today, Jewish people use the greeting, Shalom. If you're coming or going, they see you, they would say, Shalom. Well, what does that mean? That means rest, tranquility, wholeness, or completeness. So Jesus Christ is the one in charge of rest, tranquility, wholeness, and completeness. So what is Isaiah trying to say to these people who no doubt needed some peace in their life? He's saying that someone's coming that's going to be in charge of peace. Someone's coming that will grant peace to you. Someone's coming that's in charge of it. He's going to determine who gets peace. That's who's coming. He'll give it and he'll take it away. He rules it. That's what Jesus is. He's the Sar Shalom. He's in charge of peace. Now, if I want peace in my life, then i got to get with the guy in charge. Don't you just feel better when you're with somebody who really knows what they're doing? A few months ago, a group of us went to Guatemala to take part in one of the missions, or the mission that we support down there, Lemonade International, and we go, and you know, we get to hug these kids, and we get to experience what it's like for them just a little bit for a week. And, and the one problem when I, go to, when I went to Guatemala... I don't speak English except, I mean, I don't speak Spanish. Wow. I don't speak Spanish except, donde este baño. You know, I can get that out. But that's about it. But my friend Casto went with me. And so when we're in the airport or we're in a store and I'm having to exchange money and I don't have a clue, he's just doing his thing because, you know, he's Hispanic and he knows how to speak the language. He's spoken his whole life. And I just felt better. I didn't feel like I was getting cheated. I, I would know if somebody's behind me with a club, he would tell me in English and I would know. If someone ran up in Spanish and told me, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know I'm supposed to run. I just felt better because he was in charge of the language when we were there and we all felt better because of it. Wouldn't you feel kind of odd if you went to the doctor and the doctor said, you need this very serious, intricate surgery. And we got this new kid right out of school and we're going to let him take a crack at it. We're going we're gonna to let him do this. We believe it. You're going to say, no, no, no. I want somebody that knows this. I want somebody that's done this before. I want somebody that knows and is in control of this. And if I want peace in my life, I'm going to have to get under the leadership of Jesus Christ because he is the one that controls peace and is in control of peace. See, Jesus grants us peace. Jesus can also take away from us peace. Have you ever noticed there are some people who, no matter what's going on in their life, some tragedy could come into their life and still there's a, there's a peace about them that baffles people who just don't have it. So earlier I said, who wants peace? And the honest people raised their hands. Everybody else just said, no, nah, it's just like an illustration. I don't need to raise my hand. <laughs> we all want peace. All of us want to know when we lay our heads down at night, we have peace So it's easy to say, when I say Jesus is the Prince of Peace, he's Lord of it, he'll give it to you. It's like, okay, I'll take it, I want it, that's great. I need some now because the bills are coming in 30 days and i got to have some peace before that shows up. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Is it that easy just to get with Jesus and then you have peace? Just say, I'm in, I'm in. Well, here's a big fact about peace. If If you've got those notes and you're writing something down, you have a pen, or just remember this, peace is not natural. 
It does not occur naturally. If you think it does, take two three-year-olds and a toy and put them in a room and say, okay, I'll be back in a half an hour. Do you think one of the three-year-olds is going to say, you know what, you play with it for a little while, and I'm going to go over here and just sit and do nothing, and then I'll come over here and I'll play with it for a little while, and you go sit. That's not how it's going to work. There's going to be screaming and yanking and yelling, and you're going to hear the word, mine, it's mine, and mom, he took it, and I want it back. Peace doesn't occur naturally. Moms, when you try to take a nap in the middle of the day, and you tell the kids, just be quiet, just shh, mom needs some rest. Is there peace? It's not natural. You've got to interject some other kind of motivation, right, to get some peace. Sometimes, for there to be peace, there has to be war. Has to. Because we don't live in a perfect world. We don't live in a place that's absolutely perfect. That comes later. So if there's going to be peace, there's got to be war. And I see people holding these signs. It's got the peace sign on it, wearing it on jewelry. And I think, do you really know what it takes to have peace? I see people standing in line like I did this morning, and I don't see peace on their face. And I think, do you really know what it takes to have peace? It's going to take some war. It's going to take some war in your life to have peace. So whatever you're doing right now in your life, if you feel like, I just, I just need peace, well, you're going to have to fight to get it. Because it doesn't occur naturally. So you're going to have to go to war. You, you may have to go to war with your calendar and figure out, well, how am I going to make my calendar so I can have some peace? You may have to go to war with your career. You may have to go to war with all the wants and all the things your kids want to do. You may have to have a, a family meeting and say, kids, you know what? We're going to go to war with our calendar, and we're going to get peace. So you're going to stop doing that, and we're going to be reasonable on this type thing, and we're going to spend reasonably over here, and we're going to have peace. And it's not going to be comfortable to get there. But once you do and say, you know what? I want to step under the leadership of the Sar Shalom, the one who controls peace. And it might be a war of a battle between where you are and to get under his leadership in regards to peace. But when you get there, you will have this understanding and enjoyment and fulfillment and peace that you never had before. Several years ago, when our youngest was being born, right before she was born, a couple of our friends, they were also getting ready to have children, and two of them lost their babies. And my wife and I never really talked about it because, you know, she's pregnant with Abby. And so we don't, it's just, it's just so uncomfortable, we just didn't talk about it. And I can remember going to the hospital to see one of those friends who had lost his little girl. She was stillborn. And we went in to see them, and, and he's always this positive guy. And I go in, I know he's in pain, I know it's hurting because they were a little bit older and they'd waited so long to have children and and, and finally, they thought they were going to have kids, and, and, and it didn't happen. And I can remember, this was like 13 plus years ago, and I remember thinking, how is he together? How, how is he not falling apart? How is he just not on the floor, just in pain that he's lost this baby that they've waited on? How does he have peace? You know, he had peace. He was under the leadership 
of Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. That's the same kind of peace that you can have in your life. The same kind. You just have to make a decision that you're going to go through whatever emotional tugging, whatever emotional war or relational war that you have to to get to the place where you are under the leadership of Christ and you can say, He is the Prince of Peace and He has granted that to me. If you don't do that, We'll be sitting in this room 365 days from now, and I'll be telling stories about people, some of whom may be in this room, that I saw standing in line with very mean looks on their faces because they didn't have any peace. Right? So it's going to happen. So let's decide, let's decide that let's, let's take advantage of the peace that the, the Sar Shalom offers to us, the Prince of Peace who says, I grant peace to anyone who wants it. And it's not... It's not this easy, quick thing, but it's something that will sustain your life. So tonight, as we continue to celebrate and sing a few more songs about this Prince of Peace, do it while you're making the decision that you are going to bring your life from wherever it is now, whatever's causing lack of peace in your life, and decide that whatever changes you need to make, You're going to bring yourself under the leadership, the lordship of the Sar Shalom. Under leadership of the one who controls peace. That's why he came. If we could have peace without Jesus, then the world would have never needed Jesus. You need him if you're ever going to have peace. That's why he's called the Prince of Peace of peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are before you acknowledging that you control all peace. And God, may you give us the strength to go through whatever we have to go through to feel that peace that Jesus Christ offers. I pray for every person in this room tonight as we are at a time of the year where we celebrate your birth, but sometimes it's so, so crowded out by other things that seem more important. God, as we sing these last few songs, may we feel your spirit in this room, and may you speak to every person's heart. Maybe they just thought they came here to watch a service, but you spoke to them tonight. I pray that you give them the strength and the courage to get themselves under your leadership and under your peace. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.